All right, friends. Um, oh, I forgot I removed the copy. This is Jocko Willink's uh, book, Leader, Leadership Strategy and Tactics. Um, this is the cover under the cover, which I thought was pretty cool. This little, his G.I. Joe mug ingrained in the cover. Um, if you don't know Jocko, he should be like, he should be the, the person that they make all like G.I. Joes after. He's he's a Navy SEAL, was a commander, did every, I mean, he did everything in the SEALs. And uh, he's just like, he in my head, he's, he is the G.I. Joe. He's the Navy SEAL, like, uh, as far as, like, his image, just his look, his build, like, the way he talks and sounds, he's just, it's just so uh, perfect. But um, Jocko was, uh, as I said, a SEAL. He, he had several deployments, um, at least a few, to, like, Ramadi during the, the wars in, in the Middle East, and um, he was a consultant, maybe still is, I guess, I don't know, and uh, he's written probably three books that I know of, and he also has a, a pretty popular podcast, so um, if you haven't heard of him, check him out, he talks a lot about, like, war, though, right, so if, if you're into that, he, he interviews a lot of, like, Vietnam vets and stuff like that to just pull out stories and history and things, and uh, kind of show their stories of those people who have, have done some pretty amazing things. So very cool. But this book is very much focused on leadership, as it says, leadership strategy and tactics. And he goes into like very like detailed, like walk you through how you should approach a plethora of scenarios. And so um, there, you know, while I freaking love, you know, many of the, the highlighted topics of, of what he said. Um, there were times where I was like, okay, <laughs> skip this principle. Um, but I think he was trying to, how he was trying to go like, if you're a new leader or not even a leader, you want to be a leader, here's the, here's the playbook. And if you are a leader, you know, here's, here's a way to kind of step it up another notch. And so I very much appreciated um, kind of the detail that he had, even though there were, there were principles that maybe I felt strong in that. I was like, okay, I can kind of get through the basics of that one. Um, but I, I took a lot from it and uh, loved his stories. And, you know, before I get started, one thing that I thought was extremely interesting is, you know, he... If you think of the SEAL teams, like who goes who goes into the SEAL teams, right? A lot of times, a lot of times these are people that are freaking hardcore, right? And some of them are very egotistical and think that, you know, being bigger, badder, and stronger and proving that to other people is like what's important. And yet in the SEAL teams, you have to be very coordinated and humble and work together. And so to lead a, a group of people like that, uh, maybe one of the toughest places, you know, to be a leader. Um, I hadn't hadn't thought of it until I heard Jocko talking about that one time on a podcast. Like, these are not your just like you know timid little like uh, not sure if I belong here people waiting for someone to take them by the hand and and like tell them what to do. These are people that like to go get in bar fights on their free time and lift like crazy and run and work out and push themselves to the limit and like want to have this attitude of no fear right and so it's like uh that's a tough place to work however they these strategies work with them uh i found a ton of similarities in like 
uh, Chris Voss's book when and a lot of his interviews. Chris Voss was the lead hostage negotiator for the FBI for like 14 years, and so he's like negotiating with with freaking terrorists, like straight up head chopping terrorists, and uh, the same strategies work in having empathy and you know expression and like getting them to talk and things like that, and the same strategies work. In Brene Brown's book, uh, Rising Strong, or the other things that she's done, right? She's, she's like the leading expert on like shame. And uh, so her audience is typically people who have felt like some sort of familial shame or uh, religious or cultural shame and how to like break through those chains and stuff. And so it's like we have all these different levels. And, and then I've, I've expressed like I, I did several years of like marriage counseling and personal therapy and stuff like that with, with, uh, different counselors and, um, learned many of these same strategies there. And I consider myself to be a very like middle of the road, typical human. So isn't it funny that every level, basically the same strategies work, which means there's themes in human beings, um, and how you currently are has a lot to do with, you know, your your surroundings, your culture, the people you've dealt with and, and experiences you had. Um, so to start this off, he says, I often tell people, tell, I often tell leaders that what makes leadership so hard is dealing with people and people are crazy. <laughs> that being said, even crazy has a pattern. There are patterns to human behavior. If you can recognize the patterns, you can predict the way things are likely to unfold and influence them. So, Jocko has uh, obviously put in his work to find those patterns and to understand what makes people tick because he's done a great job of uh, in his own life of, of exceeding extent, you know typical standards, but he also is able to verbalize it and write it down. He says one of the underlying themes of SEAL culture: you can never rest on what you have achieved in the past. You always have to improve. Um, I just. Per one of my uh, upper management recommendations, I ordered a book that's, uh, I think it's called What Got You Here Won't Get You There. A huge piece of personal development and like growth through life is that you have to work on yourself, right? A lot of people miss that. They think, they think like, I had that title, therefore I'm now the next best for the next title. But what if other people are working on themselves while you're coasting in your current role? Uh, why would your team continue to follow you after you've already basically shared your strengths in the first year? Well, what makes you the leader for the next year? It's your ability to continue to work on yourself and grow. Uh, find new angles, find new insights be the person that, that they know is out there digging so that as they do the, the day-to-day work, they know that you're coming up with the plan for the next step, right? You need to continually work on yourself. So don't, don't just get complacent. If you, want to, if you don't want to be a leader, you can totally find your niche and just like stay there. And I, I do not like frown on that. Like if that's what you're into, right? I, I know one of the best dudes that I know, he's so damn happy with his life. <laughs> and and it's very basic. He loves scenery more than anyone I know. He he just he just enjoys the small stuff and he's not super motivated to go get more. He doesn't care to make a ton of money. He doesn't care to have a bunch of possessions. He he just like he just makes friends. 
and um, enjoys life, right? And if that's you, then good on you. But if you want to be a leader and you want to be like a high-level leader in any sort of organization, you've got to continually be working, right? You've got to be finding the next thing. Um, In a leadership position, your job is not to be doing the minutia. Now, you have to do certain things that shows your team like, listen, I'm willing to do the junk. I'm willing to take out the trash is one of the examples in here. I'm willing to sweep the floor or make the the hard phone calls or fill in when you leave or whatever. But you want your team to to know that you're going to lead them and they want and you want they want they should expect you to be leading. So in order to do that, you can't always be in the in you know on the front lines. So he says you need to to detach. You got to step back, put your head up, look around, right? While everyone else like he's he's on guard, he's got the radios, he's holding the the prisoner whatever. I got to step back and say, like, okay, where's the threats? Where are we going? How are we getting out of here? I need to be the leader, right? So he says, by detaching physically, even if only for a, by a few inches, and more importantly, detaching mentally from the problem at hand, I was able to see infinitely more than anyone else in my platoon. Since I was able to see everything, I was able to make a good decision, which allowed me a new guy, a new guy, and the most junior guy in the platoon to lead. He's obviously talking about a scenario where he he uh, made a call for his his team in a tight tight spot but it was because he stepped back looked around assessed now that should be the leader the leader should be the one that does that and um, so if you end up as the leader getting on the front lines or doing the dirty work whatever try to you know pass that off and and get your head back up um, Let's see, let's give a little context. So I found it it quite shocking, as did the rest of the enlisted men in a platoon, that that Delta Charlie didn't order us around at all. He didn't come up with his own plans for everything. He didn't tell us how he wanted us to do things. He executed classic decentralized command. He told us what needed to be done and then told us to go figure out what we wanted to do to accomplish it. So this is a, a contrast of two leaders that Jocko had early in his SEAL teams. One basically was there because of his uh, level of of command. I don't know my military levels well enough to throw it out. But anyway, he hadn't accomplished much. He hadn't been deployed uh, maybe at all, while two of the other guys had been a couple times and were like straight up badasses, right? And um, But this guy basically said, what I say goes. I make the plans. I get the credit. I like my word is law. And so he made some pretty bad plans. Their missions weren't as successful. And uh, the guys were frustrated and worried, right? Because in, in a SEAL team, it's life and death if you make bad plans and you have poor execution, right? Well, then eventually they got a new leader. This guy had done everything, had every right to be an egotistical guy. And command it, you know, tell everybody what to do and when to do it. But instead, he did that. He did the decentralized command. Here's the mission, guys. Go figure it out. Bring your plan to me. Let's let's take a look. And by doing that, 
he showed humility. He gave them ownership. He gave his team an opportunity to learn, right? They had to figure out their plan. They had to think it through. So they were not only well-versed in what was going to happen, but it was their plan, so they were owning it. So they had a ton of ownership. They didn't want their plan to fail. It's fine if that, you know, jerk's plan fails and they, you know, they come into an obstacle and they go like, well, that idiot didn't think of this, right? And they don't give much effort to get around that obstacle because it's like, validation that the the guy's an idiot if they run into a problem in their own plan they're going to do everything they can to get through it because they don't want their plan to fail and this is what they told the boss they're going to do and they don't want to fail the team and right so it's like it gave them buy-in it, it, it changes the whole thing now the boss is supporting them in their plan instead of them doing what the boss says and so uh, a different dynamic, and I've found this to be true in my team. Now, I'm not in, the, I'm not in war, but in business, I, I very much like to, to throw it on the team and say, okay, like, what do you guys think? What should we do? We'll work, we'll work through it together, you know? I'm not just going to say, it's yours, do it. Like, obviously, I need to provide some insight and leadership, but very, very much want them to have the opportunity to learn, to think it through, to, which then prepares them to, to succeed when it times comes time to execute, and then I'll I'll try and you know put my my splash on there and, and say okay here's here's a, something to be aware of right so I I really like that um, insight there he says he says it's incredibly important to be hum, humble uh, this was a tangible and physical action that represented pure hum, humility he's talking about that same commander. Um, taking out the trash. That's kind of the job of the, like the newbies, right? They don't need like they have to do a certain amount of like cleaning in their their quarters or whatever. And and uh, this commander was willing to do the stuff that the newbies do, and he showed very, you know, in their face, like I'm like you guys. We're a team. We're in this together. Um, leadership versus manipulation. <laughs> This is a strange thing. In, in, in my favorite, one of my favorite books, Influencer, they kind of address this as well. Influence is a kind of a strange idea. You're basically trying to get other people to do what you see and think is the right thing to do. <laughs> now, at the same time, we're always talking about like, be yourself, be you, do you, right? And it's like, you don't have to be codependent and accomplish other people's visions of, of, of you. Now, as a leader and an influencer, I'm going like, how can I get other people to not do them, but to, to do what I need done? <laughs> not necessarily that extreme because I actually like their personal flair on whatever it is we're trying to accomplish, but influence, trying to get people to do something. It's interesting, right? Hitler was influence. Jesus was influential. Uh, like, you know, Gandhi was influential, like it can be used in good and bad ways. And in fact, if you're interested in that idea, go read True Believer. That's kind of a crazy book. But um, so influence, it's tough, right? But here he says leadership and manipulation. So the highest form of both leadership and manipulation is to get people to do what you want them to do because they want to do it. So how do you present things in a way that makes that person want to do whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish? Hopefully it's a team goal, but um, that's the highest level of both leadership and manipulation. But he says, 
While there are many similarities between leadership and manipulators, leaders and manipulators, there is one glaring difference. Manipulators are trying to get people to do things that will benefit the manipulator, while leaders are trying to get people to do things that will benefit the team and the people themselves. This difference is stark. Okay, so once again, you got to be humble. You got to have the right goals. You got to have the mission that is a shared mission by the team, not just, you know, not just like I see a benefit for me. Let's try and get some people to do that for me. Leaders tell the truth. Truth and honesty are perhaps the most essential of leadership qualities. Tell the truth to your people. Tell the truth to your boss. Tell the truth to your peers, and of course, tell the truth to yourself. One of the hardest ones is, is breaking down your own. Uh, biases and things, trying to figure out where you're correct and where you're wrong. Um, my mom, my men did not want me holding security. They didn't want me staring down a hallway. They didn't want. They wanted me to organize supporting assets, to monitor reports about enemy activity, and calculate our next move. They wanted me to lead. I could do any of those things if if I was holding. I couldn't do any of those things if I was holding security. So when I did have to pick up security, one of my guys would almost instantly tap me on the shoulder, present his weapon to the enemy threat, and nod to indicate that he had the area covered Now and, ta- and, and had taken responsibility. Then I could back off, high port my weapon again, and pay attention to what was going on in the bigger picture. If one of my guys, guys saw me ter- trying to get control of a detainee or a marshalling a prisoner or clearing a room or a hallway, he would step in and do it for me. My team wanted me looking up and out, not down and in. I've talked about this a lot, but a lot of times what happens, someone becomes a leader because they're super good at um, whatever the task is that the front line does. So in a work environment, you know, if I'm the best salesman or the best, you know, data analytics guy or whatever, and then I get promoted as a result of like my, my work, that doesn't make me a leader. <laughs> that just makes me the best at what was going on, and now I'm not even doing that anymore. So it's very um, natural for people to become either micromanagers and try and tell people how to do their job like in great detail, or to end up back on the front lines doing it while at the same time trying to get all their leadership done stuff done too, and it doesn't work well. So it's a, a bit of a pitfall that a lot of people go into and so when you become a leader, you really have to change your focus. And um, I would encourage you to read leadership books and think of leadership strategy and look at influence and how to communicate with teams and create team dynamics, things like that. But, um, but don't, don't fall into that trap. See, so Jocko had his guys trained up to the point where they were going like, my job is to take care of this stuff so that he can make a plan that keeps me safe. And then I'll execute that plan and the next plan and the next plan. That, that requires a lot of trust. That requires a lot of like, you know, time spent working together um, and having positive outcomes as a result. And so, you know, if your team's always going like, he never works, he never does anything. All he does is like get on our calls and ask us what our thoughts are. Well, that you know, that's not leadership. You got to have goals. You got to accomplish things. You got to see the numbers change, the, you know, whatever. Uh, but it's important to be the actual head, to be the leader. Um, he says, put, put people in roles that make sense for their personalities. 
Now, it's important to do cross-training and things like that, make sure people get experiences outside of their comfort zone and outside of their area, but you want them, you want, the, you want to know their strengths, their comfort zones, and you want to make sure to maximize that. Because here's the thing, if you look at like intelligence, like IQ on a bell curve, like something like 90% of us fall within 30 points of one another, 30 points of center, basically, I should say, on that bell curve. And so it's pretty rare to find someone that's just like much more intelligent in all areas than, than, than average, right? So while all of us are, are essentially average people, we all have strengths that are beyond average, right? So for me personally, um, I probably rank quite a bit lower on like verbal communication, reading, vocabulary, stuff like that. Um, and then I rank quite a bit higher on like math science skills, analytics, strategy, stuff like that, right? But overall, if you combine those two, I'm basically an average dude. So most people are some something like that, right? They might be very good with, with computer skills and whatever. They might be good with verbal communication. They might be, have excellent writing skills. They might be physically, you know, superior, whatever. Um, so put people in roles that make sense for them. And that is the way that you mitigate your weakness as a team and as a, an individual, right? And so... Um, Make sure that you do the work to find out what your team is capable of and where they're good and where they're, where they're not. This one is, is extremely important and probably one of the more difficult and unique things to do with your team. He says, to build pride within a team, you have to put the members in situations that require unity, strength, and perseverance to get through. You have to push them in, a tra- in training to the point where they are truly tested. And in that, they will develop pride in what ha- they have accomplished. So I think a, a decent example of this is the movie Remember the Titans. <laughs> I mean, they do it in buds, like in the SEAL teams and stuff like that. They push these people to the point of like almost breaking where some people are breaking. Um and remember the Titans, right? It's a it's a race issue. They're trying to have a mixed race football team for the one of you know one of the early ones, and people literally hate each other for dumb reasons. <laughs> well, the coach basically says, if you survive my camp, you'll be on the team. That's it. That's the requirement. Survive his camp. He takes them away for a week. They run, they get up at 3 a.m. and run. They do like two days and three a days. They, you know, some kid asks for water and he uh, basically says, we're going to run until you're not thirsty anymore, which is, a whole, you know, it's crazy. Um, anyway, they, he basically pushes these guys to the point where they're, they're fighting, literally fighting each other, uh, blaming each other. And then it just sort of, it starts to break. Like they start to see who's strong in certain areas, who's actually the leader's who, uh, what strengths each other have, they start to, he forces them to talk to each other, uh, learn about their lives and things like that. And they come out of that basically horrible experience um, in unity. They respect each other and appreciate each other and 
are willing to work together and now they have all of a sudden this like team pride they get back and the community is not the same as they are the community still hates each other and they kind of are just like well i guess it's us guys and so they as a team have pride in there and what they've done together just in camp and uh that happens in a lot of that can happen in a lot of ways but like if if you hear people talk about their business stories, they love to talk about the, the rough times, like if they've succeeded, right? It's like, man, remember when we were almost broke and we were working in this single office with four people with desks around and, and it was all we could afford. And it was like every day was just like, are we going to sink or swim today? And and they got through it. Now they're super successful. And it's like this, it's this pride, right? It's this thing that they just get to like, they get a share that they, they got through it. They drove through. And, uh, people do that on an individual basis too. It's like, they look back at their past and say like, man, it was no easy road, but look at me now. Right. Um, so if you can create that in, in your team somehow, now you gotta be careful because you can just, you could come off as a straight up ass. You don't want to be the jerk. Um, but how do you, how do you create that? Right. And, and hopefully it comes naturally. Like hopefully those opportunities come through clients and, and opportunity. And so it's like, look, look guys, this is a, this is a big deal. We're understaffed. We don't have enough people. We don't have enough man hours, but we got to find a way we got to make it happen. And then you go full force into it and you, you find a way you make it happen and people are stretched and then it kind of, you know, reliefs relief comes and and you've you've accomplished your goals and uh, that type of scenario builds team pride and you want that you know you want them to respect and appreciate each other and find their strengths and and go last thing i'll say here says the why has to tie back and connect to everyone in the chain of command success for corporate or profit for the shareholders is not great motivation for everyone you have to think about the, how the mission and the outcomes benefit the whole team and then explain that. The frontline personnel likely don't care how much money the shareholders are going to put in their pockets, but they will care if that profit helps their job security and opportunities for professional growth. In the world of business, it's, been, it's become very much about shareholders and profitability, right? Back in the day, uh, there was a lot more like, you, you know, you work hard for me and my company and my company will take care of you and your family. Um, it's, it's just gotten squeezed and squeezed and squeezed over time to the point where like there's a lot less loyalty. Uh, companies are much more quick to cut staff to make an arbitrary number so that shareholders are happy and there, you know, there's just a lot less like employees have figured that out and they became a lot less loyal to companies and they're willing to just use companies as stepping stones. And so in that environment, it's difficult to create a really prideful team in, in their work that you're doing and accomplishing. And so, um, you know, how you, how you sort of build that, that why into what you're doing and, uh, make it about them, you know, make it about the, the individual on your team and say, look, if we can accomplish this, I know it's hard. If we can accomplish this, that means, you know, we have secured more business. That means our jobs are secure. It means we might have to grow and you, you might get a promotion. Like all that, you know, maybe you don't say those specific things, but 
uh, you know, kind of get that idea out there that like the better we do, the harder we work and secure more business, the more secure we are in our jobs. And, uh, and that, that makes people sleep easy at night, you know? So, um, this was a, a valuable book, leadership strategy, leadership strategy and tactics by Jocko Willink. Um, you know, this might be one that I pull out every once in a while when I'm, I'm stuck on some, some team issue, but, um, I'll throw a link in, uh, as always, I'll put it on the website. So, uh, thanks for watching, you know, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button so that you can, you know, give my, my latest book reviews, leadership strategies, uh, financial strategies, and, uh, appreciate you watching and we'll, we'll see you on the next one. Hey, thanks for listening to the entire episode. As a token of gratitude, I want to give you a discount on my book, Ingrained. Head over to bronsonwilkes.com store and download Ingrained for less than a dollar with the coupon code GOALS, G-O-A-L-S.